Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Infinite complacency. People went to and fro the earth about their little affairs. Serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, binning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design, man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. So on this episode of Into the Fray, I welcome Jeremy of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast on with me. And you can find him at the infiniterabbithole.com. And I assume probably anywhere that you uh, can find podcasts, right? Jeremy, welcome on the show. Thank you, Shannon. I'd just like to say that it's nice to know that you're a human. <laughs> we I, uh... had a nice little conversation before the show and it was it was very pleasant to know that you're you talk as if you're just a normal human being and that's really cool thank you i appreciate that yeah i try to i try to put that out there on the pod but i realize that you know people that hear me every week they probably just have a certain thought about me whatever that may be but uh yes i at least i think i'm human if i if i i could i bleed but that might just be the the red uh, robot juice that they (laughs) create for the matrix that we're living in right it could be. <laughs> yeah. So before we go into your encounter and, you know, maybe some of your favorite topics when it comes to this or cases, whatever that may be, whatever subjects that may be, let's talk about your podcast for a minute. And first of all, I think that the title is a great just encapsulation of all of this period. I mean, it doesn't get any more simple than that because, and I've said it many times, like let's go down the rabbit hole and, you know, let's, let's really dive in here and all the different tendrils and threads that come off of any of the subjects that we cover. How did you get your start in it? We can talk about the name if you want it. I don't know if that's a cool origin story or not. Um, But yeah, talk about your pod. What's the, What's the format? Is it is it heavily uh, just research, kind of a solo deal? Do you do interviews? What's the format over there at Infinite Rabbit Hole? 
Well, we kind of do a little bit of everything. When we first started, it was just me and my buddy Jake uh, discussing all this, the topics of the strange and the unknown from two different points of view. I am just a person who loves folklore, mythologies, cryptids, anything within the paranormal supernatural realm. I mean, even as far as to the alternate reality theories, such as simulation and hollow earth and flat earth and all of it. I just love it all. Anything that's got a mystery to it is something that I just indulge into. And my buddy Jake uh, is a, is a diehard Christian and he, you know, he brought a point of view to, our conversations that was completely opposite of mine. And we, you know, we were just like, this is a, this is pretty good. We kind of like this. And the, the people who are finding the show were saying the same thing. Like, this is really cool. This is uh, two people talking about something that I love from two different points of view. And they're not arguing. They're not calling each other names. They're discussing this and they're bringing both a spiritual and scientific aspect to the show. So as we were growing, we kind of grew into adding more roles through other co-hosts. And we eventually added uh, my buddy CJ, who I also found through podcasting. And he was a very occult or uh, witchcraft kind of guy. So he brought a whole nother aspect to this that neither Jake or I had any, we didn't have any feet to, to walk on when it came to the, those subjects. And then we eventually added Jeff, who is a, I mean, he is a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. I mean, the government is out to get you. The world is flat. Everything. Uh, there were multiple uh, civilizations before man touched Earth. And uh, man, he really, really grew the show with his point of view. And we just had a really good point where we were. You know, four different guys, three different guys, and eventually we added Kenzar, who was our what we claim as our first number one fan, because she reached out in a really heartfelt email, and I had her come on to guess for a topic of her choice, and she chose the Wendigo because she's from Canada. So we talked about the Wendigo for two episodes straight, and she did so well, and I was it was very pleasant to be able to talk to somebody who loved the show so much that we offered her a spot on the show. Eventually, she took over as, you know, the everyday listener, and she brought questions that none of us really thought about when it came to these topics, because, you know, we're not listening to the show, we're recording it, and we're looking at it from our points of view, not from, you know, the everyday person. So that was really cool. Unfortunately, my buddy Jake uh, had to leave because he's doing really cool things. He's, you know, he's starting a family, and he's ending his career in the Navy, as I did just a, about a year ago. I took this as an opportunity to do what I want to do with the show. The infinite rabbit hole doesn't really have a story behind its name other than the hardest thing you'll ever do when you create something such as a podcast and that's naming it. It's an incredibly hard feat. Uh, and we just kind of threw a bunch of words at a wall. And when something stuck, we were like, Hey, that works infinite rabbit hole. Uh, sorry, Shannon, not a, not a really cool story there. But what I really wanted to do with this, this thing that Jake and I have burbed, now that it's 100% mine, uh, I wanted to dive more into the documentary aspect of this world. So for the last, I'd say, 10, 15 episodes, I've been doing just that. I've been documenting 
amazing stories around the world of the strange and the unknown and anything that parallels our reality. And I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm extremely proud of, of the, the project that I'm a part of. All of this got started with the story that we're going to talk about today. Yes, and it happens to be a Bigfoot story, which I'm very excited to hear. I do not know the details. Very happily, as you know, I like to be surprised. And you say that uh, this is a Bigfoot encounter when you were nine, and as you say, it did propel you into loving just strange things, right? So prior to this Bigfoot encounter, were you, I mean, you were nine, uh, and I, I I'm, I don't know how old you are, but prior to that, were you really aware of the Bigfoot subject at all or what a Bigfoot was? Absolutely not. And that's something I like to stress about this story is that up until this point and even, you know, a good couple of years after it, none of this really was of interest to me, nor did I ever have any real indoctrination into it and, you know i never watched tv shows about this kind of stuff never read a comic book where you know a bigfoot could be in or a book or anything of the such and, you know paranormal was just something you know a ghost that was it you know uh very very fringe knowledge of aliens existing but they were little green men from mars back then you know it's not not anything to where i am now so to answer your question as short as i can no not at all well, yeah, let's dive into your encounter, and then uh, we shall see where the Bigfoot rabbit hole takes us as far as the discussion goes right. after. All right. So there's two parts to this story, and I just want to be 100% clear with you. Yes, I do believe that this is a Bigfoot story, but I'm not 100% certain that it is a Bigfoot. Um, I, it's not like I walked up to it and, you know, took DNA samples from it and looked it over as best I could at nine years old. Uh, but the story I had the Bigfoot is honestly the best fit for what I saw. So, and you know, that's the way that I sell it. It's a, it's a Bigfoot story. So the story started off and honestly, I've never told the story where I gave the location, but I'll I'll actually do that here for you. It is in Wyndham County, Vermont. I'm I'm not going to give the exact town because the property that this happened uh, is still owned by my, my family. And I don't want anything to, you know, I don't want people showing up there. So Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll just, uh, we'll just leave it at that. But I was, I was nine years old and, uh, well, what do nine-year-old boys do when they're in the middle of the woods? Uh, they walk around with BB guns and that's what I was doing at the, at that time. I had just gotten a really cool scope for my BB gun and uh, I was doing some, some shooting at, at various things within the woods and, uh, you know, I'm not very proud of it, but boys at that age shoot anything with a BB gun. So that's what I was looking for. And I got to a point in the woods where there was a field in, in just a bubble in the middle of the woods that we were very aware of. We knew it was there. In fact, my uh, my relative who owns the property used to go down there and mow it down for us. And we used to play kickball and, and soccer, and baseball and football down there all the time. Just us kids. You know, from the point of view, from their, their back patio, they could actually look over the the hill and see the, the field from there. It was always a safe place to, to play, but it was so early in the springtime. I believe it was during my, my uh, spring break 
from school uh, when I was nine. Not 100% certain on that. Again, this happened a very long time ago. I'm 35 now, by the way, Shannon. So this is a very long time ago. And I knew that when the grass is long, I can go down there, throw sticks, twigs, rocks into the grass, and sometimes I'll get a bird or two to fly up. Well, that's what I was going down there to do. And I was walking around the field in a clock, uh, clockwise motion. So I was walking towards my left and I was just going to walk around the whole thing. I mean, the field's pretty big. I'd say it'd be about the size of two football fields side by side, pretty close to even on all sides. And I got, I don't say about 30, 40 feet. It was very early in, in this little endeavor that I was going on when I saw a deer sitting out in the middle of the, of the field. And I, I hadn't noticed it you know, prior, but, you know, I looked out there and through the tall grass, you can see it out there. You can see the white tail. I remember that very, very vividly. Well, I was going to practice my aim on the butt of a deer. So I, I raised my BB gun to my eye and I found the deer and then all of a sudden the deer was gone. And I, th- I thought it just ran away. So I put my, my, my BB gun down and I looked and uh, something was carrying it over its left shoulder something very tall not as big as i would say patty is much thinner but covered in hair and it, it wasn't a bear you know bears i don't think can hold a deer over their left shoulder uh, and hold it with their left arm but whatever it was definitely scared the living daylights out of this deer because i've never heard a deer scream but this this deer was making a sound that, you know, that it knew that it was in horrible danger. Uh, nine year, nine years old. It's, it's not something that I wouldn't want my nine year old now to, to ever hear that sound. I mean, it's a very, very scary sound, but as this thing's just walking to the tree line from the field, it, whatever it was, it took that left shoulder or that left hand that was holding that deer on its shoulder grabbed its neck and pulled it out and smacked it against a tree and then just continued to walk off into woods. And that is, uh, that's my story. I mean, that's it. I don't have anything else. I do have one other thing that might possibly be a Bigfoot as well. And we'll talk about that here in a minute, but that's it, Shannon. (laughs) That's the whole thing. Well, yes, I guess I could see where that might pique your interest slightly <laughs> in the subject. Wow. Okay. That is actually an incredible sighting, I have to say. Uh, I mean, you said it was short, but that doesn't always mean that it's not fantastic and incredible and jaw-dropping, and that one is, because you don't hear a whole lot of encounters where people actually will see a Bigfoot carrying something, holding something, executing the coup de gras for that poor deer that, as you say, was uh, screaming in the mortal danger that it was in. Okay. Thinner than Patty. What was the color of the hair? Uh, I would say, I mean, you're, you're, you're asking me to look back quite a ways, yeah. but I mean, the only color that comes to me is brown, maybe in a, a really dark, dark auburn, possibly, but definitely on the brown side of the spectrum. I know a lot of people will report anything from beige all the way to black uh but mine was pretty close to the center of that spectrum and it never turned its face towards you even in profile 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No, no. Uh, I did not know that that thing was anywhere near me. Uh, that I had zero clue. I mean, I was nine years old. I, I, I'm not the best tracker. I'm not the best. Uh, uh, I don't have the mindset for stopping and listening to things i didn't even know the deer was in the field when i got there i mean i looked right out to the field didn't even see the thing so the only thing i saw from it as it moved from i mean what the real scary part of this was that in order for if it was walking a complete straight line you know when it grabbed the deer when it was in my scope to where it exited i would say from my position it exited probably about the one o'clock position so that thing must have entered the field close to me and that's mm. a, that's the really scary part of it right uh, that that keeps me up at night sometimes when i do think about this but the second the second part of this that i that i wanted to touch on too is another part that really keeps me up at night but i'll uh, i'll answer the rest of your questions on this one first yeah, thank you. So, okay, so this is, uh, again, and to reiterate, and you already have, but I want to say again, you're nine, so I'm not, and this is a long time ago, I'm not trying to, if you don't remember to say, I, I don't know, I don't remember, no problem, I totally understand that. If you could guess, though, how far do you, at, the, at its closest point, when you first put that BB gun down and you see what's doing, how far do you think that is from you? So I have actually thought about this quite a bit, and I'm pretty convinced that I, it was a it was probably about 50 to 60 yards away. It was not very far from me. You know, I, I look at 50 or 60 yards now because I've, I've done this plenty of times where I just, you know, stop in a, at a field and walk out and pin about 50 or 60 yards. And I walk back to where, you know, I parked and look out there and I'm like, yeah, that's about it. So that's, that's what I tell people. 50 or 60 yards is what I give it. So you have a BB gun in your hand and how long had you been on no and i'm not i'm not trying to get like too personal with who owns it and you know what family member or whatever but so this was just like a property that you would go to uh, summers or as you say spring break something like that right yeah so actually uh you know without giving too much information i grew up in middletown connecticut uh, which is dead set dead center right in the middle of the state of connecticut and uh, the property was in Vermont. It was about two hours away from where I lived. And it was exactly one of those situations where, you know, the, the family went up there once every couple months or in the summertime, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, that kind of stuff. So if you are out there with the BB gun, let's just focus on that day for right now. Uh, did had you discharged the BB gun at that point in that day, or you were just getting out there and kind of, uh, no pun intended, but scoping the area out? So this is this is something I really haven't been asked before. This is a good question. As far as I remember, it wasn't the first place I visited because we did have a tree fort just off the driveway that was built by the, the person who owns the property. It was built out of, you know, two by fours and plywood. So it was a, it was a, a, an established structure 
on the property and i you know i went up there and i shot my bb gun in there too but i mean bb gun doesn't make much sound whatsoever it's not like there's no report to it it's just a you know it's it's very simple then yeah i think from there you know i was just shooting around the the fort and i don't think i was shooting cans i wasn't really making much of a ruckus that day and then after that i just kind of went for a walk in the woods and then i yeah i'm pretty sure i ended up right there at the field yeah that's kind of exactly where i was going with that because we've heard a lot of stories bigfoot seems to know what the bang stick is the boom stick right as far as shotguns and bigger rifles uh that people go out and shoot animals with uh the same things that they're going after for food so yeah that's where i was going with that i just wonder if or if it just didn't care um or if it realize that you're a a smaller uh hairless thing out there and you do have a a bang stick and maybe it did happen to watch that it wasn't one of the other bang sticks that it sees i don't know but that's yeah that's kind of where i was going with that is i wonder how much and this is all just conjecture as per usual but how much that bigfoot realized about what was what was doing with the bb gun versus uh, not an you know it's not an actual gun yeah, I don't. I mean, I've heard reports of these things knowing exactly what guns are, and you know, if you're part of the Woo camp, you know, you have a lot of people who say that they have mind speak of, of uh, hey, don't shoot me or put the gun down. I didn't. That's not something that I experienced. I, there was no Woo aspect to this encounter whatsoever. Yeah, it's 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 something that's that's boggled my mind for a very long time, and whether or not that thing knew I was there, I don't think it did. I don't think it did. Uh, you hear a lot of reports about these things being skittish, about them being very, very secretive, you know, hiding behind tree trunks or or uh, taking up sentry in, in various locations of the, of the woods and being very secretive. And this thing, there was no secretive about it. It was just walking through the, the field with a deer over its shoulder. I don't know how it how it attacked the deer. I don't know how it picked it up. I don't know how it snuck up on it. I don't I don't know anything about that. All I know is that when I put my gun down, there it was how long had you been on that property up up until that point if it's spring break you get like you get what a week and had you been there a few days already i have no idea yeah. i can't recall that one no yeah, problem yeah no no problem i was just wondering because if even if he didn't see you on that particular day if you had already been there a couple of days and I mean, I, I remember being a kid and having a, a BB gun and uh, one of those awesome, like, pom-poms. You put the BBs or the pellets in. Like, you'd go out all day and do that that kind of stuff, right? Uh, That's I just, exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love those. Those were the good old days, right? Uh, but if it had seen you prior to, uh, and I'm not disagreeing with your aspect of it at all, it definitely may have not seen you at all, but if it had been watching you the days prior, and it's like, oh, it just it just makes this little, like, pst, now noise i guess it's not a regular boomstick and again a conjecture trying to get in the mind of a bigfoot can't do it but uh yeah something interesting at least so okay a couple couple more questions sorry and i'll let you get to the rest of this you're good the the deer being whacked against the tree did it re-sling it over its shoulder after it had dispatched it i don't think it did i at that point, I'm not gonna lie. I was scared. I was very, very frightened. I, I was not the the best way that I explain it 
I don't know if you've ever seen a car accident or seen something happen to somebody or something that's just so far out of the norm that it feels like time kind of slows down. I kind of had that phenomenon happen. You know, it was like one of those things where I felt immediately in danger. And uh, it wasn't long after that thing uh, slammed the deer against the tree that I made the decision to get out of there. So I didn't really keep an eye on it for too long after it did that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't blame you. Not one single tiny bit. Yeah, so just kind of piggybacking off of that because that, of course, was going to come up is the the level of fright. And since you admitted that prior to this, you were not familiar with Bigfoot at nine, which, you know, many of us were not. What do you, you you probably, this is probably such a stupid question because you're going to go, of course I don't remember. But do you remember thinking like, oh my God, a monster? You know, because we've heard people say that. Like, it's all I could think was, oh my God, a monster. Do you remember what you thought of it at that point? I... He thought it was a werewolf. I'm not going to lie to you. That's the only thing that made sense in my mind. You know, werewolves were, you know, just a common, common character in lore and TV shows and movies and stuff. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, I, I can't tell you whether it had ears on top of its head or if it was built like, you know, the, the phenomenon of Dogman now. But that's what I thought I saw. And it scared me. It really did. And the reason why it scared me was because of the next story, which actually happened before this one. Okay, so that's really interesting, Jeremy, to me, because and that's even something that Aaron and I had talked about was just kind of with whatever lens you're looking at something through, whatever you have to compare it to, that may be the box that you put it in. So that's interesting. So to you, you're kind of going, well, at that time, I thought werewolf, because that's all that I that's all I knew is it's a werewolf. And you did also just reiterate that it was thinner than what we know of as Patty on the Patty film. And that is the, that's more the build of a dog man or a werewolf, uh, which uh, to also reiterate my, uh, how many times am I going to say that word in this episode? <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Uh, I have that every episode. I'm like, there's my word for the episode. Let me repeat this 10 times. But Aaron and I made sure to say, because people were going, well, how could you even use the word werewolf in your doc or in your book? We're not saying werewolf like a person that changes in a full moon and, you know, the Jack Nicholson type and all of that. It's just an interchangeable word. So I just wanted to say that again. There, I, I avoided this, the word. <laughs> I will not say it again. Okay, another a probably stupid question, but have you thought, has it crossed your mind, what if you had got the shot off into its rear end and and it hits it and it goes running, but that thing is there. You wouldn't have known at that time. But have you thought about what might have happened to to you, if anything, if you had got the shot off and scared the shit out of that deer, and it hadn't have been able to grab it, and there you are with it, and the deer is gone. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I guess you just gave me something new to think about tonight. No, I've never thought about that. I don't know. I guess one of two things would have happened. It would have looked at me, or looked at whatever the source was of that scared the deer away, or it would have chased the deer. Uh, one of the two probably would have happened. I don't, I don't know. That's a great question. 
Yeah, just a little nightmare fuel, you know, just to take your mind down that dark path, I guess. Sorry. Absolutely. (laughs) So just piggyback, and this is, again, going down the rabbit hole, right? To piggyback off of that, and I promise I will let you get to the, the story prior at some point. I promise you. Do you think then, so take take that scenario that I just uh, implanted in your mind. It doesn't go after the deer. It's now looking at you like, what the F, man? Uh, guess you're up. Do you think that Bigfoot is out there taking people when the opportunity arises? I don't know. I don't know. You know, you have a lot of different stories. You have the Osman story, you know, where he was taken in his, his uh in his sleeping bag and gave this, uh, the, the male Sasquatch and a, and a family of Sasquatch, his, his snuff that he had on him. You have the phenomenon of missing 411. You have a lot of stuff where people could potentially go missing. And one of the answers that could be is that it was a Bigfoot that, that took him or something else. Do I think that Bigfoot's out there snatching kids? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Is it within the realm of possibility? I, I think absolutely. You know, you can't say that it's not. I'm happy that I wasn't, you know, uh, or I didn't find out the hard way that day. That's a good thing. <laughs> but no, personally, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's just a, you know, animal out there in the woods doing what animals do, just living. If a human is on the menu, then unfortunately, you're never going to find out. Did you go back out later that day, the next day, or did the old BB gun get put down for a little bit? Uh, it took me a little while. It took me a little while. Uh, I, uh, I picked up the Game Boy more after that, not going to lie to you. But eventually, you know, I have plenty of memories of later on in life in those woods and, you know, doing cool things out there, you know, as young young kids do. But uh, I can't say that I went back out there that during that visit. Did you go home and tell anybody? So here's the thing that kind of sucks, right? I didn't tell my my parents. I didn't tell the owners of the property. I just kind of kept that to myself. I didn't want to tell everybody that there was a monster out in the woods. I don't know. It just, I, I don't have any rational explanation for that now. But when, you know, I got back to school, you know, I would tell people that I saw something and, you know, kids say the darnest things and some people just look at you like oh wow that's really cool or some people would say oh yeah all right dude uh whatever and that's kind of what happened just kind of faded away you know it's something i i thought about i would say on a regular basis for years um until one day i was staying home sick from school I had watched an episode of in search of i don't know how i got onto it but i watched it and it was on bigfoot that's the day that it all clicked. Going back again, you may not remember. I it like a time slows down. I get it. I've been there. Had that happen to mm-hmm. me in my in, uh, shadow people's encounter. You see it. It's carrying the deer, and then it takes the deer and whacks it against the tree, which I would imagine made kind of a. 50 to 60 yards away is some kind of a sound. Probably wasn't a great sound. Do you remember there being a difference between 
the moments prior to that and then after seeing it actually kill the deer because you physically you actually saw it do that do you remember there being a difference in your level of feeling like you were in mortal danger and realizing like or like oh shit like this really is really right there happening right now uh, well, I mean, I was I was scared from the moment I saw this thing. You know, it took a minute for whatever it was to kind of take hold and and me to process it. But at the moment that that deer, that poor thing, hit the tree, yeah, absolutely scared. That was the moment I I turned tail. I can't really say the exact evolution of my emotions during the whole thing other than you know two minutes prior or even less i was just a kid out in the middle woods probably making an absolute ruckus walking around cracking sticks and and whatnot not a care in the world more worried about throwing something into the into the the tall grass and hopefully getting a quail or some sort of other bird to fly up to having excitement over possibly shooting the butt of a deer you know this the things that kids get excited about to confusion as to where it went or you know more or less confirming that i thought it just ran away it was more or less thinking i was going to find it again and maybe shoot it from a different distance uh to then i was definitely confused when i saw it on the shoulder of something walking upright just covered in in hair or fur to being petrified when the thing started screaming and then going into the the flight mode when i saw it get slammed against a tree i don't know if that quite answers your question but that's pretty much how i felt no and i appreciate you trying to i know it's so hard because it's so long ago uh and so you'll you'll have to pardon my next question because if someone asked me this about my encounter i wouldn't remember this do you remember if there was any wind or breeze that day? So are you asking about like a smell? Mm-hmm. If you would have been upwind or downwind to such a thing. No idea. I have no idea. But uh, I have been asked the question of whether or not the, the the creature smelled. I can't remember that either. I have no idea. Yeah. I know that they're they're said to have an absolutely you know skunky, musky odor to them. But I can't recall anything. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten more and more away as the years have gone on with even asking that question because I feel like if they smelled it, they'll they will say it. It's not something that they forget. And I find that actually in most that I've come across, there is no smell from the creature anyhow. So yeah, my question was actually more geared towards if you were downwind or upwind of the thing, you know, because it just and like I said, I wouldn't friggin' remember that in my my encounter. So you did, in fact, leave first, right? It was still in view when you turned and said, screw this, I'm out, which was very wise, by the way. But you didn't watch it walk away into the sunset kind of thing, right? Oh, um, but I do remember faintly the run back home uh, or to the to the house. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't that far. It must have been probably about an eighth of a mile. But I remember having that that sensation, you know, when you flip the switch uh, in your house and you have to go up the stairs and feel like something's chasing you. I had that feeling the entire time. Like, I mean, I was absolutely petrified. I, I felt like I was being hunted uh, with absolutely no reason whatsoever, because honestly, I don't I don't think the thing even knew I was there. To be honest with you, 
but the the sensation of being absolutely petrified was there for sure. At that time, where was the closest neighbor? Oh, uh, so this is a very, very rural area. So it's on what they call a mountain, but it's actually, uh, I would probably refer to it as like a, a really big hill, possibly a small mountain. And there's only a, a handful of, of cabins or houses on that, that little uh, piece of geographical um, land. It's not, it's not very developed. It's, it's out there. You know, it's very, very quiet. They, they, the, the people who wanted it bought it for seclusion and they definitely got that with that property. And that was back then and today, actually? You know, I don't know. I have no idea about today. Uh, I haven't been back to the property in quite a while. Um, there was changes in my life that happened where, you know, I, I, I moved to Florida with my dad and that, we never really had the opportunity to ever go back. Uh, I moved to Florida between my sophomore and junior year of high school. So shoot, it was five years after that, some five, yeah, roughly five, six years after the occurrence that, uh, that it happened. And I, you know, ever since I left for Florida, I never went back. But, but the, uh, someone in the family does still own that property. As far as I know. I'm probably, you know, for the people in my family, they're going to hear the story and they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I can kind of give you a little bit more information off air if you don't mind. Oh, of um, course. Yeah. But, but there's definitely, there's definitely a reason why, you know, I, I wouldn't know that answer. Now, have you done any research on that area? I would assume that, I mean, and of course you were nine and you didn't share this with anyone. So this is a moot point as far as you know, did you go talk to the neighbor? Of course you didn't. You were nine and you didn't tell anybody about the encounter. But were there any whispers around the area? And did you ever come across in your research online anybody putting in something at the BFRO? Even, I mean, even if you take the radius quite far out, as we know, these things seem to migrate. That that, that seems to be the agreed upon action of these. And I think that their radius is a whole hell of a lot bigger than what ours would be if we were living in the woods. But have you come across any other reports in that area? So I have spent my life absolutely obsessed with this event. And yes, I have looked at the BFRO. There are uh, very, there, there's not a lot of reports from that specific county, but the neighboring counties, there's plenty. I mean, this is in the middle of rural Vermont. There are tons of encounters in the area. But the one thing that really highlighted my, my research into the area and the possible Bigfoot sightings. And I believe it was actually through a BFRO report that I kind of got down this path of the rabbit hole was one of the reports mentioned that they witnessed it picking blueberries. And, you know, I had remembered because I have tons and tons of books. I have so many. It's it's kind of embarrassing how many books I have on Bigfoot and such. But there are quite a few books and documentaries that make mention of this being a migratory creature. And sometimes they'll or they'll, they are known to migrate with food. And in in that time frame, early spring. Uh, we used to get a, a quite a bit of different berries growing around the property. If I had to put my money on it, that's why it was there. 
Yeah, it's got berries, and then uh, that that poor that poor deer. <laughs> At least it dispatched right. it pretty quickly. But okay, last I think this is the last question in regards to this encounter. Again, tough question. Can you guess how tall it was? So this is this is another question that I've been asked quite a bit. I mean, to nine year old me, the thing was ten feet tall. But if I really had to think about it now that I'm older and you know replaying it as much as I can with as much detail as I can in my head over and over and over again, I don't think it was nearly as tall as what gets reported all the time. I mean, I remember my dad being somebody who's just this big man, but he's under six feet tall. I mean, I wasn't, I was looking at a pretty big being, but I don't think it was any bigger than a human that I've ever seen. Right. It wasn't something that was absolutely monstrous. Uh, So I would, my best guess is that it was between six and seven feet tall, somewhere within that. I know that's a pretty wide range, but I don't think that this thing was overly big. And how much, sorry, I guess it wasn't the last, how much of it did you actually see? Was there any tall grass? You know, did you see its its butt and, and back of its legs and the whole thing? I wish I could could, uh, could go back in time and, and answer this question because this is another thing I get asked quite a bit. As far as I remember, I, I just remember seeing it from the waist up. Uh, I can't even tell you really how tall the grass was exactly. I have no idea. Yeah, no, um, I know it was fine. tall enough to, it was tall enough to be able to see the hindquarters of a deer. So I don't know, two feet tall. So the, the bottom two, two and a half feet were cut off from this animal, whatever it was. That's uh, I can't tell you muscular structure. I can't tell you any of that. No, that's fine. I figured as much. I just, I just know people will message me and say why did you not ask you. this very simple okay. question <laughs> i understand <laughs> yeah sorry totally. sorry about that yeah and besides that guys if you saw anything with a deer slung over its damn shoulder you're gonna be a little bit focused on that half of the creature no matter how much you see of it i would imagine so yeah okay so i think i'm done with that now like officially so if you wanted to go to the next thing that you wanted to talk about go right ahead thanks jeremy so this is the reason why I say this second is because I'm I'm not 100% sure what or if I actually even saw anything. Basically, the way that this house is set up, all the kids used to sleep downstairs in a finished basement. And they used to have a huge red sectional couch. And the various children would make forts out of the, the pieces of the couch and uh, others would set up their their bed on two of the 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 sections, and myself, I just became, you know, I I kind of liked the regular couch that faced a, a absolute big giant sliding glass door, half. So if you look at the room uh, with four walls, half of the walls are glass, and the closest point that the tree line is to one of these glass windows is about 15 feet. So not very far. And then the, the window that I used to sleep next to, uh, which was just a regular sofa, which faced a window out that window, the yard went for about, I'd say 50 feet, 50 to 60 feet. If that, 
before it kind of banked downwards and there was a little crick that ran through the, the property. But one night, now, ever since I was a kid, I, I sleep with the TV on. It's the same thing I do now, same thing I did back when I was, I want to say I was seven at this time. So this was years before that encounter, by the way. It was the middle of the night, and the TV, which my relative, sorry, I was trying not to give off too too much information. Uh, my relative used to have a have us put like a sleep timer on it. And it was always set for two hours because that was the max that it could go. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night and it was off. And middle of the night with a big glass door next to my head was you know something I was scared of, not going to lie. I'm afraid of the dark. Very, very afraid of the dark as a kid. And I got up and I went to go turn the TV back on. I saw what I thought at the time was a man run into the woods. Uh I'm pitch black, absolutely dark out. Um, the only light was possibly the light of the moon. Can't tell you if it was cloudy. Can't tell you if it was not. All I know is that I was able to make out the shape of a man running into the woods. And instead of making it to the TV to turn it back on, I ran back on the couch and threw myself underneath the blankets and was not able to fall asleep the rest of the night. All I did was uh, was poke my eyes out of the blanket and try to look out in the woods to see if I could see it again. But that is it. That's the whole story. Creepy to think, whether it's a man or a Bigfoot, how long was it standing there just looking at you? So, so this is also something that I've dissected quite a bit. And you know what? It, the thing I hate the most is being the professional of my own story. I don't know. I just really don't care for it too much but through my own investigations and and replaying it in my mind uh, i was kind of lucky that the tv was off at that point well both lucky and unlucky because if the tv was on it would have created a glare on the inside of the glass and i would never have seen this thing whatsoever i would never have known that it was there i would never have got up i would have just stayed asleep and this thing could have potentially been watching us the entire night no idea um it was only for the fact that it was dark inside and was dark outside that i was even able to see anything did it look like uh to you you're like oh that's a big dude like did it look big i I mean again you're not you're seven at this point i should say you're seven and a lot of people most people look big to you but you know so you don't remember anything remarkable about it basically you just thought it is a dude running into the woods just thought it was a person. Yeah. Had I didn't think it was, you know, an escape prisoner or or my dad or a Bigfoot or a, a werewolf or anything. I just thought it was a person that ran into the woods. I didn't even think much of it other than wow, that's kind of not right. Did you tell anybody about that? I did. That I did tell tell them about. You know, of course, I don't, I don't think there was a lot of uh, stock put into what I said at the time but yeah that that i did i do remember saying that to to my father uh do you remember anybody going outside the next day to look for any you know footprints or any evidence that that this had happened or who was there not at all sorry (laughs) no that's okay i no. i'd rather you just say yeah no I, i have no clue which who could blame you that was a long time ago creepy nonetheless and the fact that what happens to you a couple years later that certainly ties in 
that's the that's the real scary part because who knows i mean maybe this thing was comfortable with us maybe it was maybe it was the same individual maybe it wasn't maybe there's uh you know a migrating clan or or a, a different entity altogether i don't know it's one of those questions that that will always be a question to me would you guys normally go up there just for spring breaks or would it be spring breaks and some of the summertime Oh yeah. Well, we spent all kinds of time up there in the okay. summer. And if you guys weren't there, was there any kids there? No. Um, this person actually didn't live there full time. This was uh, something that they rented out quite a bit. Oh, so they they rented it out to just random whoever's right. wanted to come. Kids or no kids? Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. I wonder if just the presence of of children would be of interest to these things, you know, or it, if it was by itself. I don't think that they normally are, but yeah, I just wonder if you guys' presence alone would bring that thing in. Like, ooh, look at the entertainment over here. Possibility of it. I have no idea, though. So the first thing that you shared, you're seeing the Bigfoot with the deer over its shoulder. Are you glad that you had that happen to you? Are you, how do you feel about the fact that you saw that thing? You feel lucky? So, uh, this is another, a very common question, uh, that, and do you, uh, would you ever do it again? You ask nine-year-old me? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. This was not something that I, I was pleased to have seen. I'm grateful for it now because it set me up to abs- to have this incredible passion for the unknown that I'm extremely proud of. And it, it, it helps with multiple different facets of my life. So the older me, the, the current me, yes, I'm happy that it's happened. When I was younger, not very much. The second part of this question normally is, would, would you like to see it again? And uh, the answer is not in that fashion. <laughs> not in a fashion where... I'm in a defenseless position, uh, but if I'm seeing it from my car and I can speed away from it all day, I would I would do that all day. <laughs> but being out in the middle of the woods, unarmed, and nine years old, or even you know 35 right now, uh, probably not the smartest thing to do. Yeah, I agree. And you know, if we if we go off the let's go off the the thought that it did know that you were there, but it just wanted to go with what its original want and need was, and that was the deer. I mean, it could have taken you in a heartbeat, and nobody would have known what in the hell happened to you, right? So, I mean, I think that that does play back into what your thought was, that you're like, no, on the whole, I don't feel like they're taking people. Uh, Did they... Do they not do that because they know it will bring out more of the hairless you know, things to the woods and it causes problems for us. I don't know if they can problem solve that far. Maybe they can, but it certainly could have taken you uh, no problem. If, if we're going off the assumption, it did know that you were there. Uh, It's, uh, you know, this is, this is another one of those things where this is just an unknown aspect of this creature that nobody really knows a hundred percent about. I mean, there are plenty of stories that say that this thing is well aware of mankind and they go out of their way to make decisions in their lives to stay away or to prevent uh, confrontation from happening. But 
I don't know. I mean, if they're actively, if they actively knew that we were there, I mean, I, I guess, I guess they would have to, they, they would have to have known that humans or whatever we are to them call this place home or at least a, a, a common place for them to stop and rest. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that answers your question quite like you wanted your Shannon, but no, no, that's, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's all, it's all conjecture anyway. Right. So, I mean, who really yeah. knows? There are no experts in this field. So, well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. Please let everybody know where to find you, any social links that you want to throw out there. And of course, everywhere that everyone can find your podcast. Uh, Infinite Rabbit Hole. Uh, you can find us at infiniterabbithole.com. We have links to multiple different podcast players. I mean, whatever your podcast player of choice is, just look for Infinite Rabbit Hole. Uh, we have over 140 different episodes for you to listen to. And it ranges from everything from Bigfoot to the simulation theory and everything in between. Uh, it's just, you know, one week we could be talking about something that you absolutely find yourself constantly researching yourself to something that you may never have even heard of and find yourself loving a whole new subject. Uh, if you want to choose, if you want to go on over to facebook.com and look for the infinite rabbit hole group. Uh, mostly this is just used for news and information regarding the show, but I like to post articles and stuff on there too, of various different things. Um, and by all means, this could be a, a, a way for anybody that wants to, to ask questions. Uh, if anybody does have questions or, you know, want me to come on their show or they want to come on ours, infinite rabbit hole at gmail.com. Please reach out. Love talking to people. And uh, I would love to hear your story. Just like you heard mine today. And that's pretty much it. Shannon. Now, I love, love the story, Jeremy. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Well, I'm so-and-so. I was given this name by my parents. I've been to such and such a college. I've done these things in my profession. I produce a little bark. Buddha says, forget it. That's some story. That's all gone. That's all past. I want to see the real you you are now. Well, nobody knows who that is, because we don't uh, know ourselves except through listening to our echoes and consulting our memories. But then there's a real evil, and that again leads us back to this question uh, Who are you? That is the real We shall see how they play with this exam by the cohorts to get you to come out of your shell and find out who you really are.
divided on this. They will say, no, we don't believe literally in reincarnation. That after your funeral, you know, you will suddenly become somebody different, living somewhere else. They will say reincarnation means this, that if you sitting here now are really convinced that you're the same person who walked in at the door half an hour ago, you're being reincarnated. If you are liberated, you are now that you're not. The past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. There is only the present. That's the only real you that there is. The Zen master Dogen put it this way. He said, Spring does not become the summer. First there is summer, and then there is spring. Kind of recitation of a history. Straight, 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 straight. 